up. Uh, welcome back to Not So Starving Artists. We have Neil Robles in the house. A brief in introduction. I'm sure we all all know who you are already, but just in case there's somebody who doesn't. Well, one second. I'm just connected to my music. Uh, you can have a lot of editing to do. I'm kidding. Um, my name is Neil Robles. I am. 25 years old from Toronto, Canada. I was born in the Philippines and y'all probably know me as a dance teacher or some sort of dancer or at when the Netflix original Work It, I played Chris, um, the soccer player that don't know how to play soccer but can move his bum and win the, win the, win the competition. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to be eating from Oh, you can't actually see it, but Tala. Tala, Toronto. Do you want to, um, before we show everyone what we got, do you want to tell me a little bit about why you picked Tala? Yeah, to be honest, like I've been in this foodie craze for the past like six years of my life. And I've only focused on like American Western food, like knowing where the best burgers are, knowing where the best fried chicken. Um, knowing where the best pasta, so just digging into that. But I never really tried to discover um, Filipino-inspired things, especially in the local area. Um, and I came across Tala because uh, a bunch of my friends from the Night Baker TO, um, they actually sell their cookies through Tala as well. Yeah, so they're like a thing with a vendor of some sort. With Tala, so you you can order night baker cookies from Tala, and I realized that they do um what's that called? They do Kamayan feasts, and what's in, what's cool is so I know some restaurants do Kamayan feasts as well, but this one they do like a mini Kamayan feast that feeds one person. So if you don't have, especially during COVID times, you can have people over. Mm -hmm. um, if you're wanting to a Kamayan feast, you can have it just for yourself. And that's one of the reasons I chose Talawa, but the main reason is just supporting um, local businesses and most importantly, like um, supporting my heritage and where I came from. So just finding those Filipino inspired cuisines in Toronto. That's sick. And I mean, obviously like we're all about supporting local. That's what we do on this show. Do you want to explain, so for us non-Filipinos, what is a Kamayan feast? Yeah, so Kamayan feast, AKA brutal fight, um, so if you just think of brutal fight, essentially, um, it's just, to sh it's, uh, the best way I could describe it is community and family, right? Um, so it starts off with, oh my gosh, I don't know how to explain it. Let me Google it. Like, I, I can't translate it into words. So here we go. Kamayan feast definition. A Kamayan is a communal style Filipino feast. That's that's it, really. Yeah, um, and then it just has a lot of um, different kinds of food items. Um, the base of it is banana leaf, and on top of that is another base, which is garlic fried rice or just normal white rice. And on top of it is just like a bunch of entrees. So that can include squid, shrimp, chicken, um, longanisa, which is the Filipino sausage. Um, anything you want really, and you just put it on top. And then um, the thing with Kamayan is 
whoever it was from, um, you have to eat with your hands. Not have to, but that's like a recommendation just to have the full experience. You eat with your hands. So first you grab the rice and then you grab the food and then you just eat it just like this. Um, and it's just a communal thing between um, Filipinos and yeah, it's a different way of eating and it's a different experience. That's sick. How about we, you said you want to show it off. So how about we do just that? Yeah, let's do it. So you first or me first? Um, I didn't Maybe. get the Mayan feast uh, because I didn't hear your story beforehand. If I had, I would. Yeah. <laughs> but I got the, oh God, it's so, it's a lot. I got the spicy uh, chicken adobo. Damn. This is, it's, it's a, this is a lot of food. Ooh. There's no like size reference, but just next to my face. It's a lot of food. Um, a and it looks really good. Like I can't wait to dig in. I also got, so I think you mentioned the cookies, but I think they have another like vendor, which is Isabella. Beaches. Isabella Beaches. Yeah. Beaches yeah. And so I got a, mochi donut as well i don't know if you can see it it's supposed to be a uh, peach mango pie flavored like jollibee so i was like i yeah. gotta i gotta try it show me your okay food. show me your food i know you've been okay i wish i can like show my phone but here you go here is the tala mini fiesta kamaya mm -hmm. yeah so they have it all straight from the banana leaf, yeah. Um, here you have your mussels, you have your scrimps, you have your barbecue, pork barbecue. Everyone loves that. This is the chicken in the salad. So it's just barbecue chicken. Here's your squids, grilled squid, um, some eggplants and okra. And I think just to add a little more island flavor, they have pineapple, grilled pineapple and some oranges to have that citrusy taste to balance everything out mm. and underneath is the garlic fried rice Ooh, i can see i can see like a little bit of like in the corner but that yeah. looks amazing yeah wow all right you so can oh, you can get that for only 20 20 dollars and you could possibly have your lunch and dinner with just this meal that that would definitely feed me at least three times like i'm not i know exactly like Okay, how do you say, how do you say cheers or like, let's eat in Tagalog? Uh, okay, I'm gonna say the phonetics. Ka. Ka. In. In. Say one word, ka in. Ka in. And then next word, ta. Ta. Yo. Yo. Ka in. Say tayo. Yeah, ka in, ka in. tayo. Tayo. Now say ka in tayo. That means, uh, let's eat. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you say it this time. I'm not sure I got it. <laughs> so let's start with your your background in the entertainment industry. You started mm -hmm. in 2012 at TFC, um, the Filipino channel, for those who don't know what that is. Um, what was your like experience in entertainment or in dance before that? Nothing. Not, nothing at all. Um, I would say I started off being an artistic student. So I did in throughout high school, 
elementary, I did visual arts, media arts, photography, film, all the those things. A lot of like going to an art museum, painting somebody, sketching somebody. And then eventually a passion for basketball came to my life. Um, just like every Filipino boy or majority. Um, played in leagues and all that stuff. And I wasn't really introduced to dance until America's Best Dance Group, I would say. Okay. Yeah, like the beginning, the first season, Jabberwockies, mm-hmm. Cabin Water, and Surreal Crew. And I think just watching those, I'm not even watching it through the television, I'm watching it through YouTube, right? So after a week, that's when people start uploading YouTube videos of those episodes. And I would just be so inspired and just think it's so cool, like how Jabberwockies are just so mystical. Um, Cabin Modern with their with their tutting and all that stuff. I was like, wow, you can do those with your fingers. And so real crew with how like smooth they are. Um, and I was just really inspired them by the movement. Never really thought to do that, I would say. Um, until one basketball practice, I came across a group of people just dancing to some Korean pop song. And that Korean pop song happened to be Wedding Dress. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And eventually um, I gravitated towards them and we ended up doing a talent show. Yeah, we ended up dancing that the Wedding Dress song, Wedding wedding Dress cover mm-hmm. at our talent show. And it was well-respected. It was well-received by the crowd and that gravitated me out of basketball into dance um just because i feel like in basketball i I was forcing myself to go to practice i was forcing myself to commit versus when in dance there's something internal that i feel good about and just like dancing freely and just moving despite how stiff i am i was really stiff um yeah i had to work on that but i can catch a beat um and just be just have fun with it yeah so before tfc before getting the opportunity to back up dance for some filipino celebrities i was just having fun dancing and an opportunity came up we said yes and here we are it just snowballed from there mm-hmm. so would you say that like your athletic background in basketball was like a contributor because you said you started with like visual arts right which are very bit different obviously like sitting and sketching somebody or something for hours versus like being actually physically able to like get up and dance a lot would you say that like athletic background kind of contributed to that like movement honestly yes um my athletic background i just wanted to get better and better every day right um not trying to um what's that called not trying to compete too much but just feeling that every day is another day to to be an elite version of yourself. Um, And I'm pretty sure that's how I grew in dance, where when I started dancing, I just started saying, hey, I can get better at this, right? Let's see where I can can take this um, art form to, right? Um, And yeah, just wanting to grow. I believe that's what I got from my athletic background. 
Um, dance is also a sport. So I would say I'm very disciplined in that sense. Um, discipline plays a really vital role into how I dance and how I just live life. Um, I believe without discipline, it's like, there's no freedom. I don't know, that's just how I am. Um, with discipline creates freedom, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, um, I can I can kind of relate to that. So it's like that thing when you have too much like free time and then you just don't know what to do with it versus when you have like a schedule and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much you have piled on, you, you make it work somehow. Yeah, you make it work. Yeah. It's surprising how like when you're in deep work, let's just say you're, you're working on an assignment and you allot like an hour and a half and you get into that flow state of mind, you're gonna feel that, that hour and a half felt like six hours because of the amount of things that you've accomplished. And you're like, wow, if I can be in this flow for like the whole eight hours of my day, imagine how much I can accomplish. And it's just like mind blowing to me sometimes, you know? So is that like, is that mindset what kind of made you want to push further and further um, after, you know, TFC to like get other opportunities in entertainment? Surprisingly, it's like, as a kid, um, I said this in another interview. As a kid, I was always a curious person. Um, when I was back in the Philippines, my, my grandparents lived in the provinces and they have a beach resort. And my cousins and I would often take hikes down the beach to see where the river and the, the river and the ocean meets. So I don't know if you ever see the visual where a river is just straight through mm -hmm. and then the ocean kind of has a wave, right? So when they clash, it creates this mess, but it's a beautiful mess that's just very natural and how it ha things happen, right? And I'm always curious on how things work and all that stuff. So after TFC and just re receiving that opportunity, I just kind of um, was curious to experience new things as they come, but never really thought of doing more, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? So I just, just live, grow, duck down, do the work. And then opportunities come, say yes, experience more new things, umbrella effect, boom, ripple effect. In you. you take this road, boom, another opportunity, boom, 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 boom. And it's just taking it like day by day or year by year or month by month or whatnot. And I'm grateful that it led me to the things I have experienced. Yeah. That's awesome. That's such a that's such a like nice, that's such a visual story. Like I can see that, like the way you told that, I can see it happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. Um, also, I'm gonna need to see you eat a little bit more because I'm the only one eating right now. Oh, you're right. <laughs> this is not so starving artist. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna eat the squiddies. Um, if y'all have never had grilled squid, have you had grilled squid? Mm -hmm. You went to Japan. You probably had like, some crazy, um, I was gonna say stuff, but I'm not that expert on Japanese food. Some dons. Actually, funnily enough, I had grilled squid here. I didn't even have it in Japan. Damn, dude. I don't know if there's one here in Toronto, but in Japan, there's um, this grilled, op not like live octopus. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Ai, kai mes. How is it? So. Whoa. Okay, it's like grilled squid is chewy as fudge, but yeah. sometimes you don't get the flavor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. just feels like tendon. But this one, you could really taste the ocean. You know what I mean? Ooh. The ocean with charcoal. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love squid. Squid is like one of, um, grilled squid is like one of my favorite. Really? Foods. Yeah. I just wish we had more of it. We don't really have a lot, but like now I know Tala exists. So. <laughs> All right. So moving on from like your background, obviously you were talking about the um umbrella effect and it's led you places and it has led you to a Netflix original. Yeah. Which is a amazing, like congrats. I love that for you. Um, you. How was your experience auditioning for it? It's hectic, bro. <laughs> take your time, take your time. I don't think people realize the time mm -hmm. that it takes to lens that sort of opportunity. The time and obviously there is work, right? That, that, that's inevitable, but most of all, like the luck of just being in the right place. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say luck, okay, erase that. It's the time, the work, and just being awake when the opportunity's right there. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, I 100% get you. Yeah, because I believe in energy where what you put out is what you attract. Yeah. Yes, um, and sometimes like, an opportunity that you don't think is an opportunity may be the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, so that was me then. Um, so right after graduation, I was like, I've had my urban planning experience throughout my four years, five years of university. I had like office jobs, nine to five, through my work placements. But every single day when I did work at those placements, I would think about dance. Mm -hmm. I would think about what my, my choreo is gonna be, which classes I'm gonna take, the next concept video. Mm -hmm. Because back then that was, the, that was our way of just sharing our art form, right? Concept videos all freaking day. Um, because I was far away, I was in Waterloo. Yeah. Toronto was far away, right? Um, so I decided to just take a dive into the entertainment industry, wherever that will take me. I started off as a dance teacher and then eventually I started auditioning for teams. Um, one of the auditions that I did go to was Footnotes and there happened to be my agent now. My agent saw me there and then we talked and eventually I got signed. And then from there, after getting signed, um, Toronto just happened to be a nice place to film around that time, which was last year. And there were like a few movies that was filming there and stuff. Um, I would say the audition process was multiple. Mm -hmm. were, were multiple audition process for one role. 
Um, and it took a little over four months. Okay. Of a process and a lot of waiting and a lot of just hoping. And eventually, um, I did. Fun fact, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, I did Zombies, Disney Zombies 2. Mm-hmm. I was at their first rehearsal. And that's what, and during that lunch period of that first rehearsal, I got a call from my agent saying, I got work it. Okay. Yeah, so, which is just totally cool because like after, during my lunch rehearsal, I'm like, should I leave rehearsal now? <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, because uh, at Disney Zombies, I was just going to be an ensemble dancer. Yeah. Which is amazing. It's great. Like, that was my goal as being signed. This is what I mean by like just living and just seeing where the opportunity comes because my goal was to just do zombies too mm-hmm. because that was what everyone did last year and I was like wow that would be so cool if I get that opportunity and I did and then during that lunch break I was presented with another opportunity to act mm-hmm. which is like something I've never done before besides like classes and dance at the same time so just seeing how that played out for me just like affirms my way of thinking, I would say. Just like ducking down to doing the work and the opportunity will come. Yeah. That's sick. Um, four months is like, so I'm guessing it wasn't an open call then because four months seems actually pretty, pretty like reasonable for casting. Yeah, it was, it was like um, for work it, it was, I was actually auditioning for other roles within that work at cast first. I auditioned for the two mains. So I auditioned for um, Jordan's, Jordan Fisher's part, which is mm-hmm. Jake. And I auditioned for the antagonist, Keenan's, um, as. Um, uh, uh, Wow, this is my this is a movie I was part of as Juilliard. Oh, I, was, I, th- yeah. I thought you were looking for the name, but I was like, uh... Yeah, Juilliard. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I auditioned for those two, and the director was like, yeah, you're really not this person, and yeah, you're really not this person. And I eventually became Chris after that. So I during those auditions, it was just like, audition, call back. Mm-hmm. Nope, not you. Audition again, call back. No, not you. Audition again. Audition again. Call back. Here it is. Yeah, so it was quite a process. And it was fun though. But I mean, it looks like you got the role that you were meant to get. Yeah. In, which is amazing. I mean, lots of people audition, call back, and then just get nothing, which like. Exactly, right? So I'm very blessed. So with, I don't know if Laura, that our director, is ever going to watch this, but. Thanks, Laura. Send it to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, um, how long did filming take? And was it like all in Toronto or? Yeah, so filming here in, actually in LA as well. Okay. So it was both locations. I would say a month of rehearsal and three months of shooting. Only three? Yeah, only three months. So yeah. how long were your days then? Those must have been crazy days. Um, those days were nuts, actually. like. 10 plus hours, mm-hmm. like, almost every day. 
How early um, is your call time? 6 a.m. That's Sometimes not too bad. That's it's not, not too bad. bad. It's not too bad because majority of our shots were interior. Yeah. So they could play with the lighting very easily. Yeah. Um, and all that stuff. I know some people from Zombies had 3.30 a.m. call times. And that's because they're like filming in like Guelph in the nature. So they had to play, they had to put on their, their, their makeup, all that stuff. So they'll be ready for like six to film for like eight. And then they, yeah. How long were, um, how long were your days? Or sorry, I asked that already. What was a typical day, like a day in the life of filming as Chris? specifically learning how to play soccer <laughs> kidding um so your day let's say it starts off uh, at 6 a.m you get picked up from your residence so which is really cool like um just like just humble beginnings it's like who would have thought like someone would pick you up <laughs> That was so, that was a luxurious time. For people who haven't been, like at least like characters one to like 10, mm -hmm. they get picked up from their residences. I was number nine. And you just made it. Yeah, I just made it. Um, I was number nine and it was like, I saw the call sheet. Oh, Neil Robles, SD means self-drive, mm -hmm. but my pick, and then it said pickup time around 5 30. I was like, what? I get picked up? Like, I don't need to drive there. That is so cool. All I need to do is come down from my condo, and then a uh, Dodge Caravan would just pick me up. So, <laughs> like how specific that was. Like, no, it's not a Hyundai, not a no, Toyota. It's a Dodge Caravan. <laughs> Dodge Caravan all the time. Some sort of van. Um, usually, so there, call time around that time. 6 a.m. so they would pick you up around 5 30 and then you get an extra 30 minutes of sleep because as you're in the van you're just mm -hmm. getting that extra 30 minutes um you get there you wait you do your hair and makeup let's say if it's at 6 a.m maybe like 7 30 right but for myself i would come in at 7 because of this thing it's called a tattoo so they would need to cover that up um and they would need to experiment a lot because of the skin tones. Mm -hmm. um, darker skin tones, it's very easy, but for someone who has a little lighter skin tone, it's hard for them to blend. Cause like this part is lighter and then this part is darker, right? So it depends. And then after makeup, you do, you get on your clothes. You actually go into your trailer after makeup and then your clothes would be there, you put it on and then you just wait. You just wait. You just wait until blocking, right? And oftentimes between hair and makeup and blocking, it's like two hours, three hours or whatnot, depending on where they are in the scenes. And then <laughs> I'm just giving you a comp complex thing. And after blocking, you wait again. You can take a nap play your Nintendo Switch, um, start dancing because everybody on set were dancers. So we just start like vibing out, doing sessions. And then you're finally on set. Once you're on set, you wait again because 
every single time there's a camera change, it takes around an hour. Yeah, so I always say this to people, a 15 second dialogue could take a whole day because let's say this angle coming towards me is like one camera angle. And then now they need a perspective view behind me. They have to switch the camera around like every single thing and then they would need this. That takes another hour of waiting, and then now you're in set again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the mo the majority of the day is waiting, and you just need to be on your freaking game to just deliver mm-hmm. right away because there's no time to forget. There is you can forget your lines. It's fine. You're human, right? But you just need to be on top of things because once your number is up. You do your thing, deliver. If you get a second take, you're lucky. If you get a third take, lucky, good for you. Oftentimes it takes one take because they need to move on. Because at that point, time is money for the production, right? Um, after you reach eight hours, that's overtime. And <laughs> I know you can relate with the overtime. It's, it's a fun time. It's a very fun time, but very draining. It's a fun time for your wallet. It's less fun for your like mental health and mental health. <laughs> yes, honestly, e- exactly. Mental health and surprisingly, it takes toll on your physical body as well. You're just like lethargic mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, waiting, going to the craft shop. So the craft shop is where you get all the snacks. Um, drinking like three coffees a day. Um, but most importantly, like majority of the day is just having fun with the cast and just bonding. Um, I think I would have never thought to, Liza Koshi was like someone who I watched for a while before. So let me just, I know this is like off, off topic. Actually, during... it goes into my next question, so. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna explain when I did meet Liza Koshi. Um, Sabrina Carpenter and Jordan Fisher, like, they're so amazing. I learned so much from them. Like they have amazing vocal cords and they're just great at singing. And I was like, man, I suck. (laughs) Um, And then, but when I met Liza Koshi during the table read, so just to to explain to people, the table read is like a big conference table and then you just have all the characters, like the main cast around with the producers, directors, the ADs and all that stuff. And you just read the script together. Um, I was sitting in my desk like a little early with everybody and then Liza just flew in from LA I guess mm-hmm. and I was like whoa because I was already in rehearsal with Sabrina and Jordan but Liza came a little after I was like whoa that's Liza I was so starstruck like you don't even know I was so starstruck I was like damn I watched you when you were with <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I watch your like um YouTube videos and all that stuff and it's just so cool to just have created a relationship with them yeah yeah so that yeah so that actually goes straight into my next question which is how how do you think it's different working with somebody who works with in like traditional media almost exclusively versus working with somebody who started out as an online content creator? I think it just opens up like so much opportunities for like young creators, young online creators. 
for that medium to just open up and for producers and like casting directors to look for that. Um, I know in the traditional quote unquote sense where like kids that took acting classes, vocal lessons and all that stuff, dance, like your jazz, ballet, hip hop, whatever. Um, they build that foundation from themselves. And I would say like, within that traditional route, it's hard to make it when you're not in the right place. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. LA is a hub. So you'll see a lot of um, people that did come from that route moving to LA or not a lot of people were born in LA, moving, born in LA, um, just to seek that opportunity that maybe one day I'm gonna become this, mm -hmm. right? And now Vancouver is another hub where young rising stars such as Drew Ray, who was actually in this movie as well as Charlie, the guy with the pecs, yeah. right? He's on Riverdale and he <laughs> just- The guy with the pecs, that's- Yeah, Drew Ray is, is hot. Um, he's a hottie. We talked about snowboarding, <laughs> but I don't snowboard. <laughs> Um, you need an excuse, right? Just like yeah, exactly. Um, we met. We actually met after peeing. It's funny. All right. Yeah. Are, are you gonna but talk that, there? Are you gonna get into that story? No, no I won't. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Um, but yeah, Vancouver is another hub, and Toronto's slowly becoming a hub. There's like Simu Liu, right? Who just finished filming one of them, um, a Marvel movie yeah um represent like representing asians right um but yeah it's just when you're in the traditional route you need to be at the right place i would say but now as an online creator right like liza koshi she was in la but at the same time your your art can be seen worldwide mm -hmm. whoever's watching you right if you attract a certain niche and all that stuff because I think some YouTubers are even like just celebrities themselves now, mm -hmm. right? Without having to go into the Hollywood route or being a celebrity, they're YouTube stars. And sometimes YouTube stars get paid more. I know in the Philippines, a lot of Filipino celebrities are starting their own YouTube channel and starting to blog, right? They're blogging their thing. So, <laughs> and then YouTubers from the Philippines are like, what? what? You're making so much money being a celebrity why do you need to take over my medium so there's that that conflict happening as well mm -hmm. um but yeah that's how i would see it both as just being in the right place as a traditional way of going to it right or being a digital creator where you can be seen throughout the world and you have your own youtube channel as well right with um yes yeah. yes yeah how do you think you would want to focus more on traditional media or on digital content? Yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's funny because we started off our YouTube channel just because um, we both had not a dream, maybe a dream. We both had the dream. We watch a lot of YouTube, like naturally, instinctively, like if we, when we're eating. Yeah, right. When we're eating, yeah. <laughs> pop in Bart and Geo from JK Films. Mm -hmm. or whatnot and seeing I don't know this is like being a just I just get entertained right 
So we were like, what if we, we start our own and just like create and share, right? And that was our whole point of it. Nothing too like ambitious, I would say. It was just a medium for us to, to allow this, this itch of creating YouTube videos to come out. If people watch, if people watch, if people gain value, they gain value. Um, and if they want to watch, go watch. Do you know what I mean? Um, if things happen, things happen. Um, that's it. But I would really go towards the traditional route, as you say, just because I like working um, undercover. <laughs> I like peop- I like to work without people knowing. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Um, I, I believe in this phrase we're saying called quiet storm, mm-hmm. where a storm is so like, there's a lot happening, it's powerful and all that stuff, but a quiet storm is like, you, you'll never know that all that is happening in the back kind of thing, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I always like to work in silence. That's why I wanna go to that. And if like a movie, a poster comes out, that's when you'll know I did something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like, for me, I don't prefer to show that I work, I'm on set all the time, do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm on set, I'm on set. Like, if someone takes a picture of people on set and I happen to be in it, hey, cool. But I think nowadays it's funny because I just had this, like, thought while I was driving home from set yesterday was nowadays people are just basing things off social media to see if they're doing something or not yeah right um yeah it's just like being very active hey i i have a sponsor deal with with um i don't know with with, with yeah Yeah, with canada with no with montclair Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah it's just one of those things that I don't prefer working like that. And it's nothing bad. Like I used to be in that in that mindset of just like, hey, I'm working. I'll show you this. I'm working. I'm working. And you're not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, wow, I felt that personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, celebrate your small victories, your big victories. I'm all for that. And I'll support you in every way. Like if someone to ask, if someone was to ask me like, what's your superpower is like, I care too much. And if you're winning, I want to win with you. And I'm just going to push you a little more up. Right. If you ask me like, how do I get into the Costa? I'm going to give you all the information I need that you want. And if you tell me, yo, can you like tell them I want to be a part of it? I will. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or if you have like a YouTube channel, or a food concept idea that you want to pull up. I really want to support that. But for me, (laughs) I just don't work in the sense where I want to put everything out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that works for people though. Like you get opportunities from like just showing that you're working. Oh, he's working. He'll work more. (laughs) (laughs) That's true too. But I love that because it goes like pretty much exactly to what you were saying before about like you believe in whatever energy you put out, you'll receive that. Um, So obviously if you were putting out good, good vibes and good energy for other people, like I would expect that you would get that back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah which is which is great. Which is great. So about so you were mentioning it um, before about Toronto becoming kind of like a hub. Uh, well, actually, back in 2015, 2016, I feel like it's been a, a minute. Um, Netflix announced that they were going to invest in production in Toronto. So I'm guessing that that's what's been happening because, you know, since kind of like 2018, 2019 is when we've seen more things that are like proudly Toronto instead of being like kind of quietly filmed in Toronto. So how do you feel about that shift? Like, are you excited to now kind of maybe be getting more opportunities in your hometown, like in the place where you are currently? Yeah. Like, I think everyone's excited for that, right? It's so exciting, like, because the way I see Toronto, the way a lot of people see Toronto within the industry, like, this area, not even just Toronto, the GTA, or Ontario, let's just say Ontario, because everybody comes from different places. There's so many hidden gems here in the province that needs to be seen, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think just that what you were saying about the hub becoming the next hub, um, so many people are gonna get the opportunity to, to be on the spotlight, even though they, some people don't think they deserve it, but they do, <laughs> they need to be seen more and more and more and more because they have so much potential on what they can share and what they can provide and the value they can provide for others Wait, right what makes you what makes you say some people think that they don't deserve it like where does that come from? i think it's it's um i think it's more mental where there's <laughs> one of my pet peeves in, is if you're sick let's say let's just say the dancing if you're really dope at dancing and then you tell me I suck no stop I suck at dancing no. there's um like just just accept the fact that you're great in your own way do you know what I mean if I seek value from you and not seek but like if I see value in you and your talent and you're amazing and you're legendary mm -hmm. like that has to mean something do you know what I mean it's it's not that I'm saying this to like boost you. It's I'm saying this because I mean it, mm -hmm. right? And then you telling me, no, no, no. Like if you're not taking that, mm -hmm. right? And that's what I mean by some people think they don't deserve certain things, um, but they do. <laughs> I not explain it too well, but. I think you did a great job. I think I, oh, I yeah. totally get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, whoever is watching this, like, if you feel certain feeling of doubt and insecurity in the way you dance, the way you present yourself in social media, because that's the world we live in, in the way you look, in the way you feel, the way you act, like you're, everybody here is special. Like you're special, you know? Like, I think we all need to see that superhero inside us and accept it and, be grateful and just allow it to take over. Allow that energy to come out, right? Similar to the energy thing that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. what, you, what you put out is what you attract, right? 
And if you're a good person, you attract good vibes. But if you're a shitty person, right? <laughs> that becomes like a two-way street. So yeah, I know a lot of people that needs to be seen and that just has so much potential and they're so amazing that I wish like the world can see them. And they don't know it yet, but in time, like they will. And I just need to be there. People just need to be there for each other to keep them going. Yeah. That's so wholesome. And on that uh, wholesome note, let's move on to, actually, let's take another bite of what we're eating. Okay, I just had the barbecue chicken. It's bomb skilly dot I'm going to take a bite. Oh, it's sticky. I don't know why I was surprised by that, but. My gosh. Hey, have- Vina, you need to get the whole, the whole half dozen. Mmm. Like Japan. Um, Talk to me about Japan mochi. <laughs> Japan mochi is a little softer than this. A little more like fluffy. Yeah. Um, but like taste-wise, pretty much the same, except this tastes exactly like Jollibee's peach mango pie. <laughs> and like goddamn, I'm I'm so here for this. This is delicious. Mm. All right, I'm gonna put this down. So Filipinos might know this. It's called the barbecue, <laughs> pork barbecue stick. And everybody makes it differently. But they make it traditional. That's really good. So what like what defines a traditional pork barbecue stick? For me, it's like you know barbecue sauce is made out of ketchup too, right? Yeah. They use the banana ketchup. Oh, okay. So there's that sweetness to it mm-hmm. when they start um, coating it. And they marinate it like for a, a day. Mm. I don't know if they did that. I, I don't, not the best food critic at it, but it's bomb. All right. So before we end off our interview, we're going to play a little game super quick. I'm going okay. to name some of your co stars from Work It, and you have five seconds to five. associate okay. their names with like the first thing that you think of all right indiana uh, auntie <laughs> tyler flip i feel like that's cheating <laughs> <laughs> nathaniel Dope. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, wait, wait. Can I say a backstory with it? Okay. Um, in this script, his only words were dope throughout the whole movie. That's all he said? That's, that was an ongoing joke throughout the three months we filmed. <laughs> that's it. Hey, I mean, it made it, right? It made the cut. If, if it works, it works, right? If you get past the the edit room, then yeah, <laughs> you make the cut. You make the cut. I know. All right, Bianca. Uh, sis. 
Sabrina. Angel. Aw. And last but not least, Liza. Bam. <laughs> Yo, she's so funny. Like, if you, whatever she is on the internet is who she is in, in real life. That's, a, that's actually really impressive. Yeah, because that's so much energy, right? So much energy. And also, like, you have to be to maintain that amount of, like, energy when you're not on, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane. I could say so many things, so many positive things about Liza. All right, 10 seconds. As many positive Oh, gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> don't, put me on the spot. don't put me on the spot. But she just brings like such a positive energy as soon as she comes into the hair and makeup room it's like good morning like like really loud and then jordan fisher would just be like <laughs> just start singing to them i don't know it's great yeah and on that note that brings us to the end of today's interview do you want to have one last bite before we sign off yeah i'm gonna do an eggplant i've never had eggplant in my whole life you what never no. What? It's probably hidden, but I've never had it like this. All right. I feel like you're missing out. Okay. Last bite. Cheers. Okay, sorry, it's in my mouth. You like it? Because your face says you don't like it. You know what? It tastes like onions and earth. Is that a good thing? It's very earthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would say. Do you yeah. like the texture? A lot of people like are not are turned off by the texture because it's kind of like slimy, right? I get that. I get, I see I see why people are turned off by it. I just it's like confusing. It's like you want it to taste like meat. Oh no, it doesn't taste like meat. But it doesn't taste like meat. It doesn't taste like meat. Because of the charcoal that's grilled, right? So yeah. Damn. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, bye. Bye.